You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Last Sunday, I shared a message around how, you know, I was praying, I was, I was just spending a bit of time one morning, just praying for our church community. And as clear as day, God spoke to me. And I love those moments. Who's had those moments before? Where you know it's not just you trying to kind of come up with something that God might be saying, but it's just clear. God said something. And he said, I want, I want to take my people deeper in sacrificial service, faithful prayer, and generous giving. Sacrificial service, faithful prayer, generous giving. And so last Sunday, we looked at sacrificial service, growing individually as people who make sacrifices at times put aside our own desires, our own wants, in order to prioritise and bless others. And also as a community here at Liberty Family Church, um, who follow Jesus and and allow the Spirit to actually mould and shape our hearts so that we have a heart to serve, a heart just like Jesus. And today what we're going to do is we're going to continue on and explore God's desire for us to continue to grow, because we are a people who are faithful in prayer, but who knows that God has always got more in store for those who love him. God wants our prayer lives to explode. God wants to see us grow as people who faithfully pray, people who communicate regularly and joyfully with God, enjoy relationship with him, and ask and trust him to do the kind of things that only he can do. So, seems fitting, doesn't it? How about we pray as we uh, open this message around prayer together? Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and minister, come and move, come and shape, come and break through any hardness of heart that we might have, Lord, because we don't want to be separated from any of your ways. We don't want to have any barrier between us and you. We are not satisfied with where we are, God. We're not satisfied on yesterday's manner. We want new and fresh food, new and fresh encouragement, new and fresh joy in life to embrace your ways and follow you with passion all our days. So God, we pray today that you would speak to our hearts, that you would shape us, and that you would cause us to grow as people who faithfully pray, people who enjoy you and pray those kind of prayers that move the mountains. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Who's ever been praying and heard themselves praying? You know, when you pray and then you hear yourself. And who's ever said to themselves, man, that is a pretty lame prayer? Anyone? That's good. We're we're honest today. I have plenty of times, too many times, I have been praying and then I've actually heard myself praying and gone to myself, Joel, that is a really lame prayer. (laughs) You know, how, how plain, how repetitious I've become in my prayer life. I've been reading a book by a US pastor called Craig Grishel and it's called Dangerous Prayers. Uh, He's a handsome guy there. Um, And in it, Craig describes this time when jokingly but 
horrifically, painfully, truthfully, a friend of his called him out on it. And he actually said to him, your prayers, Craig, are lame. (laughs) Now, Craig Grishel, he took the feedback really well because he's Craig Grishel and he's a big believer in honest feedback. And I I like that. That's good, isn't it? Because we don't grow if we don't consider how our behaviour is or how certain things we do affect other things. But anyway... But he he accepted it not just because he's the master of giving and receiving feedback, but because he knew it was true. He knew that it was true. In his own words, this is what he writes in the book, he said, my prayers were pathetic. You know, maybe you've been here before. I have. He would regularly pray for travelling mercies with his family. He'd pray for God to bless the macaroni cheese that he was digging into for dinner. He'd pray for a good night's sleep and not a whole lot else at all. He recognised that he wasn't praying the kind of meaningful, rich, joy-filled prayers. He was actually praying the kind of flat, predictable, stale, boring prayers. Now, we've already kind of, from from your reactions, I've gauged that you don't think Craig's alone in this, do you? (laughs) Craig's not alone in this experience when it comes... To prayer. For many of us, if we're honest, this is our experience or has been for periods of time in the past. Amen? Absolutely. We might know intellectually that prayer is designed to be this most profound blessing, and yet we might not experience prayer to actually be much of a blessing at all when we do it. We might read about where the, the Apostle Paul urges us to pray continuously. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. And then when we actually get praying, we struggle to pray longer for two minutes before our minds start to wander, our hearts get distracted, or we just even fall asleep. Who knows, praying in bed late at night is not necessarily a good idea. It's a good way to go to sleep. Or reading Leviticus as well. Numbers. We might know that we're commanded by God to pray but we struggle to pray regularly in genuinely meaningful ways. Yeah? All of us can struggle when it comes to praying faithfully. And our struggle for prayer naturally affects our relationship with God, our joy in Christ, and then, by extension, it affects every single aspect of our lives. Every single thing. Now, lots of bad news, but here's the good news. God wants to develop in you. He wants to develop in me. He wants to develop in every single person that opens their heart to follow him. And if you're seeking spiritual truth today, it can be the same for you. God wants your prayer life to grow and flourish and be a sustaining force in your life. He wants to help us all grow hearts that long to pray. Hearts. He wants to grow us as people who pray faithfully, not the flat dull, predictable, boring prayers, because we can be good at praying those, faithfully. But he wants us to grow as people who who faithfully pray the meaningful, rich, joy-filled, intimate prayers that honour God, change our hearts, and aid his kingdom work in the world. Yeah? Do you believe that this morning? That's what God wants for all of us when it comes to prayer. So let's start simple. And we'll move forward from there. What is prayer? Does anyone want to throw out an idea? Talking to God. Talking to God. Love it. 
Anything else? Listening to God. I like it. Supplication. Good. What is prayer? Why is it a blessing to us and God? For me, I think it kind of, my little definition that I often go to kind of feeds into what you've just said. I think prayer is simply two-way communication with God. Sometimes we get an idea when it comes to prayer of we're just throwing things up and God's not saying much at all. And from my experience, when I'm throwing too many things up, I'm not actually listening for God and that's why he's not saying much at all because he is actually saying I'm just not listening. You know, it's a two-way communication with God. And uh, Craig Grishel, just recently on his socials, he posted this about prayer. He said, prayer is talking to God. Prayer is listening to God. Prayer is living in God's presence. Prayer isn't something we do. It's a way we live. And that kind of goes to Paul's praying continuously exhortation to us, yeah? And I like that. And, and prayer is all those things. And I think I'd just add that prayer is primarily, like foundationally, when we think of prayer, prayer is about enjoying and depending on God. Sitting at his feet, abiding as we sung this morning. Because when we talk with God, when we wait in his presence, when we sit at his very feet, when we invite him to speak to us, and then when we're patient enough to actually listen, because who knows, maybe I'm alone. No? Yeah? When we actually stop to listen, we're in a very practical sense, we're making a stand. We are declaring our desperate need and also our desire for God when we do that, when we take the time to do that. And it's from that humble posture that of waiting, that sitting, that being still before our maker that we come to experience and enjoy intimacy with God. Yeah? Who knows that some of the richest moments we have, hey, we have great times together. Don't get me wrong. They are some really powerful moments together in community with other believers. But who knows that some of the richest spiritual moments you'll ever have with Jesus are one-on-one or even just within a small group of people. And the psalmist points to this being true. In Psalm 145, verse 18, he writes, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Charles Spurgeon, you might have heard of him before. I love what he says about prayer. He says, True prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. Wow. Prayer is a spiritual transaction with the creator of the heavens and the earth, with our Father God. Friends, if you know and love Jesus Christ, you have got a direct line of communication with your maker to enjoy, to cherish. And this beautiful spiritual transaction is an experience that God longs for all of us to enjoy. All of us. And do you know what else? Not only does God want us to enjoy it, but he enjoys it. He actually gets blessed when we engage with him in that way. It, it moves his heart when his children seek him. As Thomas Watson, a, a Puritan preacher and author says, he says, Prayer delights God's ear. It melts his heart. Don't you love that image? Perhaps some fathers here have had 
similar experiences to me with this one. For me, there's, there's almost nothing more moving and special for me than when my children come and seek me out to just want to be with me and to talk with me. There's, there's almost nothing more special than that. When they approach me, when they just sit and chat, and then they open up and share things that are going on in their little hearts. I don't know, for me, I'm just delighted. It moves my heart. I, I get joy from seeing my children even approaching me, let alone when they, they feel safe to open up and share what's going on in their, their world right at this moment. My heart melts as they do that, respond to my words, laugh, cry, or express other big emotions. Who knows, with young girls that can happen. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's a rich and rewarding experience whenever my children draw near. Young boys too, let's, let's just put it out there. Now, let's all feel, feel, and I started with feel, and understand this truth in our hearts today, right? Our Father in heaven feels this joy far more profoundly than any earthly dad feels when his children approach him, when we approach him in prayer. Let me say that again. Our Father in heaven feels this joy when his children approach him and want to talk with him far more profoundly, than, far more deeply than any earthly father experiences with his own children. You're approaching, you're seeking, you're waiting, you're talking, your prayers, they delight God's ear. Your prayers actually melt his heart. The simple fact that you hum that must be him on the phone. <laughs> the simple fact that you humbly approach him and look to him and trust him with the things that are going on in your head and, and heart, that actually excites God but it also has the effect of glorifying God because you're approaching him and you're saying, God, you are my treasure. <laughs> you, are, you are who I confide in. You are my safe place. I trust in you. I'm not trusting anyone else. I'm, I'm trusting you. Now, for some of us, we're thinking, ah, no, 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 no. My prayers don't do that. They probably put God to sleep. They don't have that effect. My prayers are like Craig's. They center around asking God to bless me when I'm in a car, bless my macaroni cheese, and give me a good night's sleep. My prayers don't move God's heart. Well, again, good news for all of us. If you're there right now today, that may be true right now, but it doesn't need to be true from this moment on. It doesn't need to be true from this day forward. Your prayer life can change. And your prayer life will change. Your prayers will grow to be the kind of prayers that move the heart of God as you look to and allow Jesus' character and example to guide and shape your prayer life and your heart for prayer. Yeah? Some of us, some of us here may, may have spent some time studying the Gospels over the years. If you're with us today and you, you're seeking spiritual truth or online, the Gospels are a great pl place to start in trying to understand who Jesus is and the heart of God. And even if we have, you know, looked at the Gospels when it comes to prayer, it's always good to revisit it, isn't it? God's always got new insights and blessings to share. And all through the Gospels, Jesus prayed and prayed and prayed. 
didn't he? Jesus didn't stop praying. In a sense, Paul simply communicated what Jesus had already lived, didn't he, when he said to pray continuously. He was just reflecting back on Jesus. That's what Jesus did. Let's do that, guys. This is what we're called to do. You know, he prayed for others. Matthew 19, 13 to 15, Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the children, but Jesus said, "Uh -uh. Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. He prayed with others. Luke chapter 9, 28. Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to what? To pray. He prayed alone. Luke 5, 16. But he, that's Jesus, would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Um, Jesus prayed in nature. Luke 6, 12. In those days, he went out to the mountain to pray and all night he continued in prayer to God. He prayed regularly. Luke 5.16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus prayed for God's will to be done and not his own, in the sense of his own humanity speaking and the desires of his humanity to avoid suffering, to avoid pain. No, 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 he aligned himself with God. He said this in Luke 22.42, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus prayed regularly and he prayed faithfully. And you know what? We see it, don't we? He reaped the rich rewards that are there for anyone who would humble themselves and regularly seek the face of Father God. Yeah, he did. He he experienced closeness. He experienced peace. He experienced intimacy and rest and rest. Don't we live in a world where it offers a lot of things to rest, but they, they don't never actually provide the rest that we're seeking, do they? Rest in Christ. And they can be ours too as we look to Jesus and allow Holy Spirit to work in and shape our hearts to be like his when we pray. So, considering Jesus' example when it comes to prayer, how can we partner with Holy Spirit? Because, you know, sometimes either we think it's all on us and we forget to, that God actually wants to do this work in us. And then other times, we go to the other extreme and think it's all on God and fail to do any groundwork ourselves. Good image that I like to think of when I think of, of God and us, it's working in tandem on a bike. You know, God's got one pedal, we've got the other, and we're moving together in order to, to grow, in order to become more like Christ. Yeah? So, how can we do that? Well, firstly, the first one is, we can set aside time to pray for others, for others. There's, I don't think there's anything that changes our hearts quicker than focusing on others, don't you think? Nothing kind of cuts through all our selfish and self-focused ways than actually thinking of others and then praying for others. So often, especially in our postmodern self-focused world, we just open our mouths and what comes out? Self-focused prayers. Now, now hear me. I'm not saying that it's bad to pray for our needs. Scripture highlights that that is what we're called to do. Jesus did. God encourages us to do so. Read the Psalms. Lots of genuine, heartfelt, personal prayers there. Lord, 
you know, I've got my enemies on all sides, come and deliver me. All these kind of things, great ones. However, while this is the case, there is something powerful and transformative about looking to others before ourselves. Just like, just like we looked at last week when it comes to serving, you know? There's something powerful about praying for others before ourselves. And in a sense, lifting our requests before God, talking with God, praying for our church family, for our, for our own family members, for friends, praying even for our enemies. Whoever it is, it's a beautiful way to sacrificially serve them. It's an it's a amazing way to serve people. Because here's the thing, maybe you're like me and you look at situations and you don't actually know how to help in the natural. It's a mess. Where do I start? They don't even want my help. What can I possibly do? Well, we can pray for them. And then there's other situations where deep down inside we mightn't actually want to pray for them. We mightn't, oh, sorry, we mightn't actually want to help them. Yeah? We might see a situation or we might have faced some persecution or, or just a really difficult relationship over many years. And in our hearts of hearts, we're sore, we're broken, and we're a little bit resentful, and we're like, nah, I am not going to help that person. And yet, humbling ourselves on our knees before our maker has an effect where suddenly we're actually in a place where God works on our heart so we can actually pray for our enemies, pray for those who have hurt us. And amazing things can happen. You know, I would say we can help people profoundly by presenting our re requests on their behalf, probably more so than we could even help in the natural. Lifting them before our mighty God. Because in the end, he's the one who moves the mountains. We're just called to move these. We invite him to do the heavy lifting. And friends, as we focus on others and even pray for people who, who currently are or have historically hurt us, our own hearts are progressively healed. Something, something happens inside where there was sorrow, where there was brokenness, where there was resentment. God slowly chips away and works in us love and peace and joy. Our natural state hearts are challenged. Our sinful, selfish, self-focused ways that our world just says it's all about you, constantly, all the time. They're slowly chipped away at. And the other focused heart, a heart like Jesus, begins or continues to develop within us. Hearts to pray are developed as we set a time, aside time to pray for others. Okay, here's the second. So we'll grow as people with hearts to pray when we set aside time to pray with others. So pray for others, pray with others. Who knows that there's power in doing things together? We experienced that yesterday as a working bee team. We had something like 20 people come along for a working bee, which was brilliant. So thank you to all of you who set aside time to do that. It was wonderful. People in the fitness industries know that there's power in doing things together. You want to keep people paying their gym membership? Put them in a group class. As soon as they're alone and they're only relying on themselves to get there, they'll slowly drift away and then they'll cancel their membership and your revenue won't be there. But put them in a, mem in a group setting with other people to exercise together and have community, what happens? They stick and you keep making money. There you go, free business advice. <laughs> um, 
Same in the education sector. Who knows that to be true? Well, depends on your personality, but group projects I never found to be fun because I used to do group projects on behalf of multiple people. Anyway, <laughs> it was the only way to get, get a mark. So anyway, um, but in the education sector, they know that too. You know, there, there is power in community. It, it aids learning. You get opportunities to be sharp and to hear different perspectives, to, to incorporate, to be challenged, to challenge, all that sort of thing, and that aids in the growth of knowledge. Yeah? And, friends, when it comes to any spiritual pursuit, this is just as true. Don't ever buy this lie because it's a lie of the evil one. This is Satan's trick. This is Satan's scheme to keep us from every blessing that Jesus has for us. Don't buy the lie that we can do this journey called faith and life ourselves. Don't ever buy that lie. It's an absolute, yeah, yeah. And sadly, so many Christians believe it. So many Christians believe it. And in the world, so many people live that, unfortunately, too. And maybe that's contributed to the loneliness pandemic. Who knows? But here's the thing. We can't do faith alone. We can't do this life alone. We've been created by a relational, intimately connected, three-in-one Godhead for relationship for intimate community, for being known and knowing others. That's what we're created for. And we're called also to love and spur one another on to good deeds. And it's pretty hard to love and spur one another on to good deeds if we don't see anyone else, isn't it? We can't do that. Regular community with other believers is where the blessing's at. Because praying with others fires us up. It does encourages us, spurs us on in our faith. If we've been getting a little monotonous in our prayer life, we hear someone else pray and we're like, oh, I'm not going to pray for the macaroni cheese tonight. I might pray for something different. (laughs) It increases our desire to honour and enjoy God. It develops in us hearts to pray. And, you know, we love to pray as a church community. We see it on a Sunday, don't we? we? We're a praying church. But not only on a Sunday. In connect groups, we pray. In the music ministry practices, they're praying. <laughs> in in um, so many different ways, anywhere and everywhere, we are a praying people. And one crucial way that we pray and come together, as, as we shared in the notices before, was that we pray through our monthly night of prayer for the valley. And again, this is others' focus. This isn't predominantly about us and our needs here. Sure, we pray a few personal things, but more than anything, it's praying to see Hillsville reached. It's praying to see broken lives transformed. It's praying to see people find fulfillment and life and identity as we were, we were praying before, not in the things of this worth, the world that is so temporary and ultimately worthless because they will perish, they will rust away, but in the eternal valuable things of the kingdom of God and in who Jesus says we are as adopted daughters and sons of his. So come and join us. Come and join us for that prayer night. Pray in your own time, by all means, for all those things, but come and be blessed and be a blessing to others who gather together to pray in Jesus' name. All right, so we'll grow as people with hearts to pray when we regularly set aside time to pray for others, when we set aside time to pray with others, and when we regularly set aside time to pray alone.
Who knows, Jesus was a man with, on a mission. He had a few things on his plate. He had a couple of people wanting to hang out, chat with him, get healed, that kind of thing. Plenty of things needed his attention and he was well aware of it, wasn't he? And so, as Luke 5.16 in the NIV translation says, he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. In other words, he regularly set aside time to be away so from the busyness and the business of life so that he could talk with, enjoy and be strengthened in his father without interruptions. Without interruptions. So let me ask you, where's your desolate place? Where's your desolate place? Where do you regularly remove yourself to in order to better know and enjoy and connect with your maker. Jesus went to mountains and gardens to pray. Perhaps you could do the same. I mean, it's pretty easy to find a garden and a mountain out here, isn't it, in the valley? There's plenty on offer. And Psalm 19, verse 1, which is the Liberty Kids memory verse for this topic, it points to this very blessing that comes from regularly getting alone in nature with God, why it can be so powerful for our prayer life. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. When we get out alone in nature to connect with God, we see God everywhere, don't we? We see his works everywhere. We don't need to avoid our news feeds, people, or turn off all noise. We're actually just sitting quietly. We're sitting quietly in a remote place in a natural setting and God's handiwork is on display every single place we look. And naturally, what happens is when we're looking at all the beautiful things and praying, our hearts are drawn to look to the beautiful one, the creator of all the beautiful stuff, our faithful, good, generous, kind, loving God. And perhaps you've experienced this before. As you as you think on the beauty of Christ, as you, as you marvel at just how intricately woven creation and this whole planet is for God's glory and our enjoyment, it causes beauty to come out of here. Because all of a sudden, you're not like, oh God, um, you know, I need to do this or um, really good if I could get a new car. And All of a sudden, your mind is, is on other things. On the, on the wonderful things, the things of Christ. And your prayers reflect that. And beauty comes out of the mouth. Um, you know, the heartfelt, authentic prayers kind of flow out and offered up to God like incense. And it's a truly wonderful thing. So, if you want to develop a heart to pray, if you want to grow to have a heart like Jesus when it comes to prayer, retreat. Retreat. Pause. Remove yourself from that which is familiar. Get away to get with God. Your prayer life and heart to pray will flourish if you do. Friends, in all of this, let's be abundantly clear. We have a helper. We have a helper. We have a helper who is just waiting and, and ready to see us connect with God, to see us grow as people who pray faithfully, to see us have those kind of prayers coming out, the beauty coming out of our mouth to our maker 
that are meaningful, authentic, joy-filled prayers. But we still need to join with him in that work. We still need to join with Holy Spirit. So the question to all of us is, question to me today, just as it is to you, is will we? Will you? Will you join with Holy Spirit and allow him to shape and grow your heart to pray, to develop in you a heart like Jesus? Here's the thing. There's great honour for God as we do this. Great honour. There's good that'll come about for you. We don't pray in order to get blessings, but the beautiful side effect is as we pray, as we enjoy, as we worship, God lavishes his blessings on us. And there's good that'll come about for others, including our church community. So who knows how God's going to choose to to move in and through us if we give ourselves to growing, individually and corporately, as people who faithfully pray. As Ian Bounds says, prayer should not be regarded as a duty which must be performed, but rather as a privilege to be enjoyed, a rare delight that is always revealing some new beauty. May many new beauties be revealed in us, individually and collectively, as Liberty Family Church, as we join with Holy Spirit and commit ourselves to growing hearts like Jesus, hearts to pray. Let's pray. Your loving Jesus, we thank you so much for just the way that you, you show us the way, the way that you modelled for us throughout your, your earthly ministry a passion and a dependence on your Father and you modelled that through prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us the, the importance of a con- regular communication, of faithfully praying to our Father God. And we pray, Jesus, that as Holy Spirit lives within us now, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells within us, as the Spirit moves in us, stirs us, as we gaze upon your beauty, God, we pray that there would be something beautiful continue to grow within us, that as, as individuals, as we look to Christ, as we wonder afresh daily at your grace and the goodness of the gospel, we pray, God, that that would stir us to grow as people who are faithful in praying the kind of prayers that really move your heart, the kind of prayers that aren't just the rote prayers or the, the ones that we've, we've do because it's what we do, God bless our sleep, but, Lord, prayers that move your heart and help us to, to get fueled up and fired up for the things of God. So God, would you do that individually? And as we individually do that and commit to that more and more and more this year, God, and beyond, we pray, God, that there would be a beautiful flow and effect into our broader community as well. Our church community here, God, that we would not just be a people who value prayer and, and pray faithfully at the level that we have, but that you would stir us up, that we would take more ground in that, that we would go further, that we would go deeper, that our expressions of prayer would be so much richer and we would see you move in more and more powerful ways because we're lifting things, our, presenting our request to you. And God, we pray too that not only would it be good for us individually, us as a church community, but we pray that there would be great fruit seen in our local community and beyond as we become, continue the process of becoming, 
continuing that process of sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus in the area of prayer, Lord, would we see great fruit come about in Hillsville, the Yarra Valley and beyond. So God, we give you glory. We thank you, God, that prayer is as simple as opening our mouths and talking with you and then pausing to listen to what you might say to us. And we pray, God, that we would grow as people of prayer and that we would develop hearts like yours, passion to pray and a faithfulness in prayer as you've displayed. So we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.